All right. Hey. Work it out. Work it out. Oh, yeah, that looks good, bro, in the background. Glorilla. Listen to this. You nasty, too, you think? If people were like, if I had to say about Glorilla in bed, she is nasty. Yeah, freaky. Yeah, you nasty. nasty. Like, y'all do some shit that I never heard of. What? Like, what? We need examples. Ooh. Okay, so y'all do drink nut, right? Yeah, everybody yeah. swallow. Drink okay. nut. Do you drink nut? Drink nut does sound nasty. <laughs> nasty. Yeah, drink nut does sound nasty. There's a rapper called Glorilla. Some heathen from America. She says she likes her man to skate on her food before she eats it. So that is ejaculate on her food before she eats it. Um, this is a no, this is this is what's happening in America right now. Do you now. think if people were like, if I had to say about Glorilla in bed, she is nasty, yeah, freaky. Doing some nasty like I- try to understand what they're talking about. Like what? We need examples. Ooh. Okay, so y'all do drink nut, right? Drink nut. Yeah, everybody yeah. swallow. Okay, we just swallow. say swallow. Yeah. Drink nut sound like, nasty. Drink, no, we just say swallow. Drink nut sound nasty. I but just think about we what say swallow. Swallow. I swallow. I don't drink nut. I swallow. I don't drink nut. <laughs> yeah, morons, bro. Oh. <laughs> She's laughing. She's loving life. Oh my god, boy. Is it like- Her hair slicked back with oil. I'm scared. It's some weird shit, but okay. So just some weird done, shit. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. No, just <laughs> it's it's you two are in now. This what? Is, yeah. All right, so some people you got done eating, do we have sex right What now. was that? And some food, and I'm going to still eat it. So if you've been knocking, I know that my food, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like dressing. <laughs> Sound like some Muppets. Oh, God, the world's over for these people, bro. Not for us. Not for us. We're all right. But uh, these people are, are gone for sure. I listened to um, some rapper as well the other day, Young Thug. Uh, he was getting sued or something's going on in regards to – where is it? I've got to show you. And it was the funniest thing I've heard, the way that the lawyer is talking to this guy. So he's got a rap group called YSL, Young Stone Life. No. Right? Young Stoner Life, yeah, inspiring name. Co-founder Tick, Tick, like what you get in the the jungle in summertime that gets Tick, was found in court turning on Young Thug, and they they're very upset about that because he's turning on Young Thug. But listen to the way this. Steven, if you could please um, state your true and correct legal name. What's your name? Trontavius Stevens. Trontavius. His name is Trontavius Stevens, but then. She hits him up with the AKAs. Mr. Stevens, if you could please um, state your true and correct legal name. Trontavia Stevens. And are you the same person referred to as Trontavia Stevens, also known as Tick and also known as Slug on indictment 22SC? Yeah, so he's also known as Tick and also known as Slug. So that's the, that's the, the best part about that. When, when these rappers, because they're all wrestlers, and I listen to rap, so don't have a go at me thinking I'm a bigot. I love African-American kind of music and culture. I have since 1985, since Run DMC. Tougher than leather came out. I need to justify it to you. Anyway, but it's funny. It's like, Trontavia Stevens, is this you, a.k.a. Slugmaster, a.k.a. Tick, a.k.a. the, the brown bandit from bed Is this you? Yeah, that's me, man. Uh, Slobodan Mitrevsky, is that? Is it, can you please state your name? Slobodan Mitrevsky, bro. Are you AKA the chubby cockmaster? Uh, AKA the soft cock king? Yeah, that's me. That's right. All right. Con cost a lot of dollars. 
Can you please state your name? Con cost a lot of dollars today. Are you also known as the AKA Big Sovlakia, AKA the Lamb Shanker? Yeah, that's me, eh? No worries. Okay, Mr. Rigatoni, can you please say your name? It's a Luigi Rigatoni. Okay, Luigi Rigatoni, are you also known as the Pasta Master? Are you the Never Eat Serial Killer? Are you Big Pantaloni? Yeah, that's a me. That's me. Just funny. Michael Benson, are you the Bulletproof Beagle? Are you the Dropkick Dead Boy? Is that you, man? Yeah, Big Bazooka Breath, is that you? Yeah, that's me, Bazooka Breath. Yeah, coming at you like Cleopatra. Rap is so funny, dude. Rap is so funny when you listen to it. If you just watch rappers because they're so like some, they're serious about shit, you know? That's why I love people like Kendrick Lamar because, I, I don't know, his name is Duckworth, this guy. You know what I mean? Duckworth. His name's not Lamar. Don't know what that is, but it sounds cool. But his name is Kendrick Duckworth. Now, Duckworth, he doesn't go around too much with the acting on. Like these guys, the Bulletproof Beagle and the Pasta Master and the, the Chubby Cock King. That guy is Chubby Cock Master. Like these are, they're different. You know, Gucci Mane. It's no man, Gucci Mane, man, Gucci Mane. Yeah, one, one, two, it's Gucci Mane. These guys have got mad like characters. I understand because I've got the glasses on, but it's just funny to watch all the, when it comes to litigious stuff, how they have to like also let them know about their stage name. <laughs> I go through rappers' names, bro. They're too funny. They're too, too good. I don't know why I went on this tangent, bro. Just went on a little rabbit hole about rappers. Who cares? Who knows? Who cares? Questions for Vlad. Chris Miranda goes, if you could go back five years and change three things in your life, what things and why? Um, I had a bit of a uh, think about this. Five years, that will bring me back to 2018, start of 2018. I was in a very happy place uh, mentally. Uh, then <clears throat> I had just started triathlon. My mate, shout out to Nick Chan, if you're listening to this, uh, got me into a triathlon in December 2017, uh, which I was reluctant to do because I was like, uh, who are these people, bro? Like, who are these people that, that go to do triathlons like these people are corporate uh, morons that are just anxious all the time and they are mostly corporate morons that are anxious all the time but there's still corporate morons that want to do something a little bit more than just sit around barbecuing sausages and being negative all weekend they want to fleece you of your money Monday to Friday and then pay for their sins through a triathlon um, anyhow no escaping that so I ended up going for this triathlon and I enjoyed it thoroughly this was five years ago, and after I did that, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of triathlon for about a year, really, really hard. So I started cycling hard, running, swimming, uh, started watching Global Triathlon Network, GTN, on um, on the internet, GCN, Global Cycling Network. I was cycling every weekend. I was running throughout the week. I was swimming into, uh, throughout the week. I was doing about 5Ks of swimming a week, about 150Ks of riding a week, and about 30Ks of running a week, and I loved it. Very, <clears throat> very shredded. As I started the year in 2018 at about 105, 6 kilos, which is what I am right now, and I ended the year about 98 kilos. 
um, from the triathlon, I lost about six, seven kilos uh, training for the Ironman. So I wouldn't change that. That's for sure. The question is here, if you could go back five years and change three things in life, what things and why? Now, anyone that knows this podcast knows that I go down rabbit holes and then I string it together at the end. And that's just part of the journey with Vladis in Wonderland, aka Vladistotle. So I would say that was a great start. I love that. So 2018, I was kind of firing on all cylinders. I was in real estate, got the Audi. I had a, like a five-year-old Audi, which I loved, a diesel, a SQ5. Loved that car, black. I was driving around. I had my daughter was three, four months old. She was gorgeous. Every day I came home, I used to just love her. I cry so much when, I, when I'd come home because I, I loved her that much. You know, I was that, that Milo to me, like that sweet. Milo means sweet. Um, so I ended up doing these triathlons. Then I did another triathlon in February, and then I was just doing a lot of training, and in July I punched out uh, the ticket for the Ironman, which was in November. Uh, I remember that being like a pivotal point in my life. It was the next month that I started Vlad, so around August. I started 2018. I started making videos in my car. Uh, wasn't until like 2019 that things started to kind of um, tick over, let's say 100 followers or 150, 200 followers. But it just started happening every day. And it hasn't stopped since. This is steady, steady. It slows down. You know, you start getting less followers, more unfollows. And then I still get steady followers, but you get more unfollows. And then just, well, people get, ah, I can't be bothered anymore. Ah, I can't fuck this guy, bro. But what's he talking about? The Croatians fucking unfollow, bear. People are stressed out. So they, they unfollow. I've unfollowed pages. Whatever. Who can, Who knows? Who cares? See you later. So um, you go, I ended up just finishing that year good. Now, if it comes to anything, I'd go back five years ago and change. I quit cigarettes when my daughter was born in 2017. I smoked a long time, right? I quit cigarettes and I was like, I felt this empowerment when I quit cigarettes. I felt in control of myself. I felt like health anxiety went out the door. I, f- I felt like, great, le- less anxiety just in general because you haven't got all that nicotine cursing through your veins. So I loved that and I quit it. But then when my son was born two and a half years later, I smoked again for another year. I had this podcast going. I was smoking during the podcast. I'd be like, because I didn't have a video podcast, I'd light up a ciggy and smoke the whole way through these podcasts uh, back then. And it was all right, bro. Like, it was pretty funny. Like, some of the stuff that I listen back to now, I'm, I'm going off my head. But it was a different podcast as well. There was no questions. I'd just talk about my father-in-law coming to cut my grass or my missus doing my head in the morning at the cafe or the kid shitting on the rug. Like, it was just random toppies, like kind of opening wogalogs, what I do now with the opening wogalog. But those podcasts were 15, 20 minutes long, half an hour long. Now, obviously, when you've got sponsors, you've got to punch them out. You've got to give more value to the people. Uh, got to give value, man. Value, valuetainment. So I would, I would, that's one thing I'd change. I would not smoke again because the moment that I start, I picked up that cigarette, I had a brawl, a biff, a, a tiff with my missus. Uh, we had this huge face-to-face altercation, and I was like, I'm, I'm done. I walked out of the house. I was 
at my wit's end, bro. Like we were brawling. My son was little. He was crying. He couldn't. Be, he couldn't sleep. She was. She was angry like more than like a fucking bear that you find in in the woods in Wyoming when you come across its cubs. Like she was insufferably angry, and I, I couldn't deal with it. Like I couldn't. I just fucking left. And I went. I still remember what happened. I went and got to a to a not petrol station. I went to a liquor store and I got a bottle of whiskey. Now, this is what you do when you rely on alcohol to get you through emotional moments. This is why I quit alcohol. It's because when the shit hits the fan, you've got to rely on your fucking self, not something that's made in a fabrica uh, that's going into your liver then to alter your – no, 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 no. Rely on, on you when, when shit hits the fan. You've got to sit through it like Kendrick Lamar said. You ain't, haven't felt pain until you felt it sober. You haven't felt regret until you felt it sober. Which is, I think he went sober and all. I don't think he was much, but whatever. He went sober. So I wouldn't smoke. So I ended up going to this liquor store, got a bottle of whiskey, and then I drove to a petrol station. And I walked into a petrol station, and there was a guy called there called Ramjet, or Ramjet, and he goes to me, he goes, meh, meh. and I was like, can I get a packet of Port Royals, bro? And he goes, $70, man. And I went, what? Talking about 70 bucks. He goes, $70, man. I only got 50 grams. I was like, nah, I just want to roll a durry. He goes, 70, man. And I was like, so angry. I just go, give it to me. Papers, filters, lighter, 100 bucks. With the whiskey, 140 bucks. <clears throat> Go into the warehouse where I record the podcast and all of that. And I rolled a ciggy and I had a drink. And the moment I, take a, I took a drag of that ciggy, it felt like the first cigarette that I ever had in my life in year 11 or whatever I was, laying in the park with my mate Alex in the golf course, smoking a cigarette, looking at the clouds and getting head spins hard and panicking and him going to me, it's all right, man, they'll go away. The head spins will go away. Little did I know that those head spins and those clouds passing over will trigger a lifelong addiction to this substance. Um, and it's a warning out to anyone that's listening to this that has kids or anyone that's young enough that hasn't smoked ciggies that he's thinking about it or occasionally has one at a party. It is a hellhole that you never get out of completely. So you, you, you literally just don't want to try it ever. There's no such thing as just to try it and leave it. The only time you could ever do that if you have one cigarette, it's like gambling. You, you put 50 bucks in the pokey, you pull out a hundred and then you never go back. You're not a loser. But with a cigarette, if you have one, put it out and never go back, you've tried it. You've won. You tried it, smoked the ciggy. The thing is with the ciggies, that shit opens up a new pathway in your brain, connections, this, that. And it, it's a circuitry of addiction. So you become an addict. So but still with the regret question, this is, you know, I'm here, I'm nine minutes into this question, but it, there's a lot of fucking uh, like golden nuggets here. Listen to it. So I'll, I would, that's one regret. So I lit this dairy, took a drag, and I went, fuck, that, that tastes mad, you know. It tastes like uh, Satan's asshole. It's horrible. Like anyone with a normal brain, uh, with a normal palate that doesn't poison themselves willingly would smell that and go, ugh, yuck, dude. That is grot. Like you, this is the worst thing. You rather munch the box of a rat out, but you, you you end up you're a junkie. So you go, 
Oh, yeah, cigarette, man. Yeah, this is mad. It's not mad. Have you smelt a cigar? If you don't smoke for a few years and smelt a cigar, you go, uh, this is horrible. Same with whiskey, dude. I haven't had a drink for four months. The other day, my father was drinking a whiskey. I grabbed the can. He puts it in the can of Coke so he can just hide it while he drives in the local area. But I smelt it. I go, I go, oh, dude, bro, that's that's much. That's too much. Like, he goes, double shot, brother. I go, yeah, but like, your body wants what it's fiending for. If you're a fat log and you're eating Sara Lee cheesecakes every day. To a healthy person that's been having kiwi fruit at night time, doing chin-ups and eating raw Brazilian nuts, when he smells the Sara Lee cheesecake, he's like, that's putrid. Yuck. That smells like processed fabrica shit. But, you know, when you're a jank and your body is running on cycles of nicotine, caffeine, and sugar, when you smell that, all your brain smells is relief from the withdrawal symptoms. That's all it is. And I worked that shit out about Durries in 2017. I was like, the only reason I smoked this ciggy is because I want one. I love them. And my, no, I don't love them. My body fiends. So when I take a hit, the fiending stops. And that's what I want. I want the fiending to stop. And that goes for all you junkies out there on the weekend that order. I'm going to order a bag, man. You're just a fiend. All right, you're a junkie, you're a fiend, and you should open up to yourself in the mirror and look at yourself and go, I'm a pathetic fiend, and I need to get my shit in order. It's 2023, I'm nowhere. You need to do that, bro. That's coming from your, your cousin Vlad right now. All right, if you, you haven't heard the, uh, me reading in between the lines up until now, 124 episodes, you're fucking blind anyway, but don't be deaf at least. Clean your shit up, right? And that goes for me. I speak it to myself. Anything, whether it becomes some attitude problems or uh, substance abuse, it's time to change. Like, we, we can't keep going as a society like this. We've ruined ourselves. It's a shit society. Grandfathers didn't do this stuff, bro. That's why the society ran well enough for our parents to make money. Our parents made a lot of money, and you're up in the toilets putting a pill in your ass. Well, what's going to happen after that? The Uber drivers are going to have all the properties in the street. You're going to be tenants, but... I mean, you make your bed sleep in it, that's all I'm saying. <clears throat> so that's one of the things I'd, I quit. Took the drag of the durry, I realised what a loser, and then that spiralled into nine to 12 months of trying to quit cigarettes again. And I uh, quit again in 2021. And after my first debut tour, people are going to lose it. I was smoking ciggies in Melbourne. I remember met some gladiators smoking ciggies or whatever. For me, look, if you're a cigarette smoker, I don't care. Like, good on you. I'm speaking how it affects me. I'm hypercritical of myself. So if I if I see if I know willingly that this durry is fucking my lungs up, it I don't feel well when I have it. If I know all of this stuff and I still do it, I judge myself harshly. So I'm like, oh, you you know you shouldn't be doing this. It's like you got a missus and children and you're out there having sex with Asian hookers. You know that's wrong in your heart of hearts, beneath your shit ego. You know it's wrong, but a lot of people, they don't admit that. You've you got to go headfirst into a wall, but that's all I'm saying. That's the one regret. The second regret would be not quitting drinking earlier. If I could go back five years um, to, say, 2018, January 2018, um, I'd quit drinking, you know, because drinking is the is – the <clears throat> 
let's just say that drinking is the catalyst that gets you to make dumb decisions, aka alcohol, drugs, cheating, lying, um, uh, you know, being lethargic and you're not having impulse control and all that stuff. So I'll quit drinking. I'll at least definitely quit drinking from regular drinking. It'll be drinking sometimes, yeah, celebratory, yeah, no worries, bro. Wedding, christening, birthday, no worries, bro. Doing a barbecue, here's a beer or two. You know, it's a Tuesday, it's an 8K run, you're coming home, it's a fucking San Pellegrino dude with the burek. I'm not having two or three Coronas. No, that's not happening. Oh, your mate came over, man. Yeah, good, have a kombucha, bro. Crack one if you want, but don't don't come over with a case on your shoulders. Because misery loves company, and you know we've got things to do. So in our thirties, then so there would be the two things that I'd do, brother. Uh, forget who asked me. Someone, Miranda, Chris, Miranda. Thanks a lot. Right. Orange Legal Grant number one. The number one. One-stop shop, everything under the one roof in Victoria. If you're looking to purchase a property, if you're looking to sell a property, it's the one-stop shop for conveyancing in the real estate world. Plus, chartered accountant. It's, it's an accountant, but chartered, done the extra work. A mortgage broker, and I said a lawyer specializing in real estate and property law and conveyancing. All under the one roof. They all sleep there, live there together. It's like that show full house. It's all together now, all right? There's a little kitchenette at the back, some girl called Cindy Lou. She's over there. She's making lunch. She's making pokeballs for everyone because they're staying shredded. This is Orange Legal Group, right? Orange Legal Group. And who knows? Even though it's called Orange Legal Group, there might be someone in there speaking Mandarin. So you could speak to them and see what happens. 03 is the number. So for anyone in Victoria, 8317-1070, Email is property at orangelegalgroup.com.au. Property at orangelegalgroup.com.au. Website is orangelegalgroup.com.au. So they specialize in anything to do with property law and conveyancing, chartered accounting, mortgage broking. They'll give you competitive rates. What are they going to provide for the gladiators? Free contract reviews for buyers before signing a contract. So it's free before signing a contract. Free assessment of financial situation to see to determine your borrowing power. And also an accountant to do all your tax, your BAS statements, your quarterlies, everything like that, which actually mind you this week. I've got a dump cash again. Pitch come on Orangelegalgroup.com.au. Go and support the supporters that support the podcast. These guys are fan- fantastic sponsors. You need to support them. Please do it. Right now. Hey. If you've got a business, bro, just keep it safe. Keep these other board motherfuckers away. You need virtuosos. I need someone to keep me safe. Virtuosos. Flickering, 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 flickering. Helping businesses balance productivity and some security online, bro. It's a family-owned IT company that specializes in Microsoft 365 modern workplace and cybersecurity for your businesses the whole Australia-wide. Virtuos is a fantastic company to keep any size businesses safe from the trolls, the bots, and the demons away. Their mission is to empower your staff to be able to work remotely and safely, bro. Anywhere in the world, they offer a range of tailored support options for businesses, allowing the client to make their own managed IT service like a subway for IT. Whether you just want a company to monitor your cybersecurity and backups, which is majorly important, improve your business processes using the technology they know, or even if you have another IT provider, 
Friday and you just want some support or a second opinion and a takeover from Dan and the Virtuosos team can help. Virtuosos, call Dan and the boys, virtuosys.com.au, virtuosys.com.au, or email this that disdat at virtuosis.com.au and they will look after you price-wise and they'll look after you product-wise, service-wise. You must go and look after virtuo- look at Virtuosis as your IT supplier, supporter, online helper, cybersecurity backups. Hugely important in today's very destable, destabilized world of in, in the online space. Virtuosis, fantastic legends and supporters of this. Mention Vlad. Make sure you mention Vlad so I can give you the stitch. So I listened to it on the Distab podcast, bro. Lad said this to me 40 times, and now I'm finally coming to you to look after my little cafe that serves cream cheese bagels, Jewish style, in um, Commonwealth Street, Sydney. So go to virtuosus.com.au for your wrap. Special edition. Come on, Dan. Every time. Is it morning? Yes. Yes. Is it a good idea to eat the Cadbury cream egg block? Yes. Always. Always. Come give us a review. Let's get stuck in. Cheers. This is Bruce Super Convenience advert. Dan does a review from his car. The white, the yellow. Nah, he's a he's a true patriot. He's a patriot of chocolate. Mm. He's a choc patriot. Look at the way he's devouring this thing. Eat up Man. the chocolate, big guy. Eat up the chocolate. Oh, now he's taking a whole block to his mouth. He's smashing it. So my theory on this block is... He's got theories! It has always been that this is the perfect consistency between yep. chocolate and cream egg filling. That's it, the bro. Ratio. I knew it, bro. Bruce, super convenience. 16.2 thousand followers. The number one Aussie snack plug. The US food specialist. The juicy stuff is in their stories. They upload every single day, bro. If you go and have a look at their website, they've got stuff from around the world. You know the story by now. BruceSuper.com.au. BruceSuper.com.au. Get yourself some freebies from these guys because they're going to give you 10% off for the code VLAD. 10% off for the code VLAD. VLAD gives you 10% off. Plus, when he sees that you're a Vladiator, he will give you free stuff on top. Just say you order 50 bucks or 80 bucks. You're going to get that for 70 bucks, and then plus he's going to give you extras on top. He's got new limited digits, Smith chicken palmies. As, as he said, the choc cream eggs that have come through, new Maltesers have come in. They've got drinks. They've got Cheetos. New Lucas Cassano flavored hot liquid candy. Like this, is, this stuff is the type of stuff you get for kids' birthday parties, Swedish fish minis, Starburst fruit chews, original flavors, unwrapped. That's pretty good. You know, I love to wrap, but even more, I like to unwrap. Go to brucesuper.com.au and support the supporters that support the podcast. Questions for Vlad. Joe Saman, how should you com- conquer some of your life fears? Um, good question, Joe. How should you conquer some of your life fears? Uh, now, look, I'm not a professional, bro. I can just, again, I'll just... I'm trying, in order not to be a a fraud, I can only speak of my experiences um, and not give false advice. I'm not some type of researched uh, analyst of the mind, psychologist or whatever, neuroscientist, like these guys Huberman and and Peter Jordanson going out here um, talking about life and stuff. But from what they say, you've got to conquer your fear by confronting your fear. That's the greatest way. How do you conquer some of your life fears? Uh, the research shows you gotta 
you've, you've got to confront them to conquer. So that's what the research says, you know. Um, they say if you're afraid of small places, you get into a big space for a bit and then you incrementally make it smaller and to the point where you can basically stand in a coffin and you're okay with it. But it comes with confronting the things for sure. Confronting them is what happens. Like I've had fears, bro. Uh, if I was going to tell you some of my fears that I have. Mm that I've overcome, well, let's just say this. I mean, this is a major fear of mine, um, talking to people on a microphone uh, about about my ideas and my feedback on life, um, you know, bits and comedy and, bro, that's all, that's a fear for sure. Standing up on stage in front of people, uh, whether it be 10 people, uh, 100 people is – thousand people it's a fear it's a huge fear i get i get um anxiety panics before going out on a big stage i'm not so much of a small room anymore because i've conquered that but at the same time there is a fear for sure bro you got to confront it you got to have balls uh you get out there and you do the shit that you're scared of like i'm scared of surfing bigger waves but the only way that i can get over that is by getting smashed by one and getting up you know, I've I've been many times in the lineup of the surf where big surf's coming at me and I've screamed, help, I've shit myself, help, help, ha! there's waves coming at you, you know, it's a three-meter three wave, it's a four-meter wave, bro, huge things, like a double-story house sometimes coming at you and you're freaking out, like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean somewhere in some island on a reef break, it's scary, bro. Um, but then once you do that, then the smaller ones are easy. You know, okay, this is easy. There was four meters yesterday. It's two meters today. Oh, God, they're naked now. You're very, you're very um, confident because you've done it. Um, so confronting thy fear doth help it um, banish him to the distance, I would say. The next thing, so for me, like, yeah, speaking to, to groups of people on a microphone you know, I've got the sunglasses, but I just like the look of them, and so do people. So I could rip the sunnies off, and I will in the future whenever I want it. But for now, yeah, I mean, it's like a bit of a uniform. It's like a mask. It's a it's a disguise that people can see and straight away recognize you. So it's a great fucking marketing uh, plan. So for all of you people out there that are naysayers, I mean, come and do what you, do what I'm doing though. You know, you need to come up with a plan somehow. You just walk out looking like some guy called Greg Sharp. So um, I would say that confronting it, was that was hard. Being without a band, massive fear, uh, that was kind of bestowed upon thee. I didn't ask for it, but it happened. So I was always terrified of not having my music, my band together, um, and that happened, and that was tough. And I had to – but now I was fine. You know, I confronted it face head on. Uh, and I got over it. Like, dude, I, I thought I couldn't, I couldn't live like without it, without music. I thought that's it. I won't be able to do it. Um, music is like my calling. I'm a f- phenomenal music writer, in my opinion, um, and maybe two or three other people's opinions. And if that comes apart, I'm finished. I'm gone. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be a miserable guy. Uh, but when the band broke up, I cried like a baby. Uh, and I wrote a song called We Rose Up about, and brackets, all for love. Um, sounds like awful love. 
which it was at times, being in a band, you hate each other. Uh, so I wrote, we rose up all for love and I sent it to all the band members and that was the day we broke up as a band. I accepted it fully. Like I said to myself, we're not getting back together and guess what? I'm not begging a prick. Pitch come matterin. All right, you leave the band, you're gone. Like I, I held the line, don't care anymore. I'm not going to beg anyone. I had this newfound confidence in myself um, that I was going to become a father uh, several months after this band, three months after this. I was looking there, bro. Like it's a new, the new page. Thanks to my my wife and my daughter um, for blessing me with that newfound confidence because. Prior to that, I was relying on some people that don't give a shit about you to, and let's be honest, they don't care about you. They care about themselves, as they should. But you think they care about you and in, in, and the band and the music and the movement. They don't care. They don't give a shit. You know, the moment they get a little, a little escape, they do, just like I did when I got the escape from with the kid. I was just like, okay, you guys don't want to be in the band? See you later. Sayonara. And I moved on with my lifestyle, and I loved it. And the other things grew, so we rose up, bro. I would say that that um, was a conquering of a fear. Like, So I recorded the song, and then that night I almost burnt the lyrics paper on the floor and watched the smoke go into the sky. And I said, that's it. That's done. Right? That's 10, 11 years of hustle, gone. Done, you're not getting back in a band, bro. No matter what you want, Vlad, you're going to do it alone. <clears throat> and if one day <clears throat> God uh, gives you uh, people that are around you to, to help you flourish in the music scene, you'll do it then, but you won't force it. You'll just work with what you have, which is your computer, your instruments, and your voice, and get it out there when you want. And, and that's what I'm doing. So um, <clears throat> you've heard the songs after the podcast. I've put them on. They're obviously world-class. So they'll come out when they're ready. And uh, that was a good facing of the fear. There is some other fears that I need to face. You know, I definitely have some, bro, um, that I'm not willing to put out here to people that <clears throat> don't really give a fuck about them, to be honest. But those, when I do conquer them, then I'll speak about them then. But up until then, rap. Questions for Vlad. Official Steve, would you like you if you met you? A lot of you's in that. That's good. Would I like me if I met me? Um, I wouldn't hate him. I wouldn't hate him. Um, that's for sure. Uh you know, they say you don't like yourself. So the, the bad parts of me I won't like, obviously, because I don't like them as they, as they are now. I don't like them. So if I saw those in me when I met me, I'd be like, shit cunt, you know. Um, <clears throat> I'm not an angel. Uh, I'm an idiot, uh, definitely, and uh, a fool and trying, you know, your best to, to not be that. But in order to be better, you've got to be foolish. You've got to be a moron. You know, that's that's the way to get better. People that are so polished that they never, ever change, then they're just like a shit brick wall that cracks over time. I'm just trying to stay like as a soil, bro, just turning myself over enough to get the seeds to grow and give something back. I don't want to be a concrete block, okay? I want to be the soil. So would I like myself? Possibly, yeah. I wouldn't mind myself. I wouldn't love, like, look at me and just bend down and, and pack the pants off for deep throat. I would just, you know... 
Yeah, it was pretty funny. A good deep conversation about some stuff. Not bad. I mean, he needs to work on his glutes. Uh, you know, nose is a fucking joke. Nose like a tap. Nose like Gonzo from Sesame Street. Um, and creased up. Bleached up. Hairline's a joke. But still somehow clinging to the remnants, looking half decent like Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, whatever. Yeah, not bad. The bloke's all right, you know. Like the podcast. Podcast is pretty good. Some insightful shit. Kind of sounds like Vladis Doro. No, it was a bit late. Guy could he's a bit tardy. The guy could be a little bit more considerate with his time. That'd be a nice, nice Audi. Pretty good. Fucking calves of a of a shop putter. You know, right? Mrs. Proprietary Limited is lovely. You know, kids fantastic. Plenty, plenty, plenty to like. To be honest, I love the bloke listening to it. So, nah, I wouldn't mind myself, bro. I, I, I wouldn't. I, I'd be like, oh, he's all right. Bit of a weirdo, you know. He's an artistic type, creative, whatever. Bit of a weirdo, passionate, you know, not overly patriotic, which is a bit of a problem for some people out here. Their fucking whole life is revolves around a flag, um, even though they work in the Sydney Railway. So, yeah, I don't know, like, official Steve Petrovsky, bro, I, I wouldn't mind me. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, bro, this guy's gone for a surf with me. I went for a surf, I'd go for a surf, go for a little trot. We'll have a mad convo. There'll be a lot of teasing, a lot of sledging. You know, I'll discover some weakness. You know, I'll pounce on that weakness, and then I won't like that because I'm me on the other side. I'll be like Pichka Dimatirin, and then I'll pounce on this weakness. This will be the battle of David and Goliath right there. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. Would I like you if I met you? Would, would you like you if you met you? Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't like everything. Like I don't, you know, right now. I don't, and I don't believe in in the this positivity movement out there. Oh, you gotta love yourself. You have to love yourself. Yeah, I get that. I I do love myself. Not enough to go out and destroy myself. There is that certain level of love, but there's there's not there's definitely not that you know uh, you're perfect love. No, it's more like shit. There's, you know, we gotta we gotta sharpen up many things, kind of a thing. Um. I'm looking at my yard like, you know, it needs pruning, Pichkati Matari. It needs, you know, that needs to come down. That needs to go up. You've let that go a bit. And that's how I'm tending, trying to tend to my house. And then sometimes people slap me in the head and go, bro, you forgot about this. You forgot about that. Oi, look what's happening over here. And then I'm like, oh, shit, bro. Tough. You know, that's tough to see. So I'd see all of that if I met myself, you know. That's how critical I am. I'd, I'd see it in others. I'd see it in myself. So wouldn't mind the bloke. Probably get along with him, you know. Not bad. All right. Pretty good. Decent. Catastrophe. Immaculate. All at once. Questions for Vlad, bro. We're going, we're going, we're gone. Seven of Space. Do you think your sobriety has affected your comedic work? Ha! Oh, knife in the back, bro. What are you trying to say, B? You're saying that it's not as good. Let me tell you something, bro. I quit drinking in September 2020, but I quit drinking on the podcast in July 2021. So every podcast from like podcast number 25 or 30 has been, um, maybe podcast 40, has been sober. So I haven't had a drink for 100 podcasts, close to 100 anyway. 
in July it'll be 100 podcasts, but maybe 80, 85 podcasts, 90 podcasts. I haven't, I haven't drank at all. So if something's gone wrong, it's not the fucking alcohol, bro. Who knows what it is? But, you know, it's a deep, this is, it's a weekly thing. Some people do it twice weekly and three times weekly, and those people drop shit podcasts. So this is a weekly podcast, and I'm trying to pack in as much as I can for everyone, knowing the the level of um, dedication station that people had to the, to the podcast, bro. Uh, but I would say, has sobriety affected it? Yeah, it's affected it positively. I think it's affected it better. Like I'm, I'm clearer, I work harder, uh, got more topics to talk about. Um, I can get better, better kind of punchlines going. I can draw from memories better. I rant on a little bit. Um, the best thing about the alcohol is it disinhibits you a little bit more and you you become more of a loose cannon. Uh, I definitely think that's good, but that's that's a fear that I'm trying to to squash and be able to do it sober. So I'm a bear with me, bro. You know, you want the best for me or what? You know? So I would say that go with go with the flow. It's not getting worse. I think it's just it's getting better for sure. I spoke to a couple of comics at the Perth Comedy Festival, which I'm doing this year as well, and two or three of them hadn't drank for like – one of them didn't drink for a year. And by the time I go to Perth, it'll be like nine months of not drinking. Granted, I am going to be drinking when I'm in America. I've already made my mind up. I'm going to enjoy beers, whiskeys, champagnes, wines, whatever I want for two weeks. Uh, and when I come back to Sydney Airport, that will be where I will stop drinking again and continue on with this life of sobriety in my day-to-day life. Uh, when we sell out the Palais Theatre in Melbourne, I will have a drink with the Vladiators after the show. Uh, we'll punch a, a bottle of champagne. I won't even enjoy it, but I will like meeting everyone and, and you know, chinking and cheering and stuff like that. That'll be great. And same with the Enmore Theatre in Sydney in September, October this year. Uh, the other thing I, I would say is I enjoy the clarity and focus um, and ideas that come from being sober. You get this newfound kind of motivation. So I, I, I would say that that's been a benefit for me rather than a lack. So, and you're not as tired, bro. When you when you drink, you're a tired prick. You know, you just you're lethargic and tired. It's got its place, alcohol, but, uh, you know, so does death. So well, choose choose your poison. For me, it's like I'm come to the point now where I want to get in a better state for my children, for my career. I can't call this career, but whatever, for the work that I do, for my contribution, and um, for my marriage and friendships and stuff like that. And that's the other thing that I quite like, bro, about the sobriety thing. Your friends kind of drop off. All of these little pricks that hung around you just so they can douse themselves in alcohol because they're running away from a reality that they didn't want to change or don't have the balls to change and they don't like, then they kind of fall off and then it doesn't doesn't handbrake your trajectory or direction in life too. So there's that benefit from it. That's, to me, a benefit. I would... I'd rather that than to be just extra funny and my life to be catastrophic behind the curtains. I don't want that, bro. I'd rather be um, doing my best here, whether you like it or not, and then my life to be better because really your life is the way that your partner greets you at the door every day. It's the text messages you receive from your friends every day. It's the way you look at yourself in the mirror every day. It's the way your tits jiggle over the speed hump at Westfield every day. It's that. It's the way your kids either run to you or from you every day. That's your life. It's a series of like micro events that end up 
becoming like a, a, an enormous collage that creates one big fat picture of your big fat hamburger munching pimply head. And that's why I'm trying to zoom in on those tiny little pictures that make that big one, you know. I'm trying to. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's a total redevelopment of an area. It's a total gentrification of an area. This area is still fucked up, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm out there just trying to redevelop, rezone all the little areas so it's safer, it's better, it's more productive, it's cleaner, it's neater, it's more beautiful, um, it's more opportunistic. So that's the answer, bro, Seven of Spades. Metropolitan star and the best star in the world When you wanna go change your kitchens and laundries and shoes Metropolitan star 30 years experience in the cabinet making industry Kitchens, laundries, facilities, bench tops, bathroom cabinets, TV units, wardrobes, walk-ins, walk-outs Forget live, bro so, 0425797488, Matthew's number is 0425797488, and it's metropolitanstone.com.au, metropolitanstone.com.au. They're a family-run business in Victoria that can do any area in Victoria. Make sure you get them for a competitive quote on your kitchens, laundries, anything, TV units, um, if you want to do a benchtop changeover, they can do that, small jobs, big jobs, brand new, old, whatever you want. You're doing a granny flat, you're doing the outside, I don't have to go through all of this every week. You guys know what a cabinet maker is and anything to do with timber and things like that. This is what Matty Fritas and the boys do at metropolitanstone.com.au. Just mentioning you're a podcast uh, listener will give you a better edge on the market cheaper prices because Metropolitan Stone is a sponsor of this podcast. So please jump on and help the people that help me out that you get a dedicated podcast every week that you're obviously a devout listeners of. Matt, his number is 0425797488. Mention Vlad, bro. Let him know that he's um, part of this awesome community that he sponsors. All right? So metropolitanstone.com.au. Yeah, let's go. Let's rap, let's rap, let's rap. Angel Grove, let's go. Toys and collect, toys and collectibles. Toys and collect, say fucking toys and collect. And fucking toys and collectibles. Angel Grove, toys and collectibles, bro. The number one place to shop for toys and collectibles. Please jump onto angelgrovecollectibles.com. Power Rangers, Dragon Ball, Digimon, Pokemon, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Demon Slayer, One Piece, Naruto, Mike, Demia, UFC, Marvel, DC, uh, collectible cards, figurines, toys, uh, blimps, whatever you want from these guys. Power Rangers, heads and hats and helmets. Discount code is Vlad, 10% off for the discount code. 10% off from the legends down in Victoria, Angel Grove Collectibles, a passion project that has started off in 2016 that is going, they've been dedicated, this, that, sponsored since 2021, um, going on to year and a half now. Love the team down at Angel Grove Collectibles, 10% off for anyone 10% for the code VLAD in the checkout. AngelGroveCollectibles.com is their website. They stock a lot of stuff. Go onto their website. They're constantly updating it. They get their official Band Presto Partner Store in Australia, so you get the exclusive high-quality stuff. Not only that, the stuff that they got is collectible. You can get on waiting lists and get some of the best stuff that accumulates in value over years, and that's what you're going to do when you support the supporters that support the podcast. You give a bit, you get a bit. 
and you keep this going fluidly, smoothly, the legends at Angel Grove keep to open their doors and to send out stuff to all the gladiators, please tag me, post a story, do all of that stuff. When you buy something from Angel Grove Collectibles, um, go on there and check it out. Buy something, man. Doesn't big or small, doesn't matter. You're always supporting the show and supporting small businesses that come from Australia by genuine, authentic, good people doing things from passion and love and dedication station and not just working in corporate greed monsters uh, that cut prices and put everyone out of business. Angelgrovecollectibles.com. Support the supporters. Let's get something else, bro. I got a coffee. I wanted the tea. I called O-D-Y-S-S-double-E-Y. I mean, that's the wrong fucking spelling. Odyssey, it's O-D-Y-double-S-E-Y, but I was trying to wrap it and thinking, Odyssey Coffee, the brainchild of the legends Matthew and Jim, down from the Mornington Peninsula, again in Victoria, another awesome gladiator, 40 years experience in the hospitality industry, coffee, 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 and some decadent hot chocolate is what they supply, some of the best roasters, smokers, drinkers, thinkers coming out of this team, Odyssey Coffee, O-D-Y-double-S-E-Y, coffee.com.au, call them, or Get on the email, actually, admin at odysseycoffee.com.au or just go straight on their website and buy some stuff. They've got a Instagram as well. You see the astronaut, it's a white color, fantastic artwork, fantastic coffee, some of the best I've ever had, definitely. Uh, when it comes to long black drinking, they sent me a coffee machine, absolute legends down from Odyssey Coffee. Love the team there. Dedicated team of buyers and roasters, carefully curating every blend to be consistent and awesome. If you're opening up something, please jump on Odyssey Coffee and get yourself a sample pack of what they do. Odyssey Coffee is trusted quality coffee roaster coming out of Melbourne, going Australia-wide, bro, building themselves up to being cafes, restaurants, venues across the country. They do wholesale and domestic sales on their specialty coffees, and they do a decadent hot chocolate. They'll give you a discount if you mention that you're from the Distap podcast. They'll give you a discount if you mention that you're from the Distap podcast. So it's odysseycoffee.com.au, O-D-Y-S-E-Y, coffee.com.au. Go in there, mention that you come from here. God love you. Support the supporters that support this podcast. Questions for Vlad. Bang. Domster. Do you think 2023 will have more Sydney renovations going on? Yes, I do. I do. I do. Um, since we've entered the, the world of the heathen uh, and God is anything but just a concept in the past, um, people are leaning more on the superficial uh, uh, plane. They're in the superficial world. Uh, and they don't realize that they're going full ball into a wall. I've said this to you guys before. Um, the superficial world is only good to look at, but it's not good to exist in. It's not good to get anything out of. Even models, the vacuous people, they're a nightmare. I've said I follow a couple of model pages and my blood pressure goes through the roof as soon as I see what they do. They sit there smoking cigarettes, taking drugs, and um, looking good with their hair and moisturizer all over them. They're a nightmare. But I would say um, that world is uh, its a ticking time bomb, bro. Uh, the Sydney Renaults, that's a ticking time bomb too because from what I've realized is the better looking people have got, what they, they say is better looking, it's subjective, right? 
looks are subjective. So the girls that I like, my mates don't like. They're like, why would you like that? It's like a little wog head, you know, and I'm like, I love that. And some girls want like a shorter, macho, bald guy. Some other girls want a tall guy with flickering hair, no tattoos, you know what I mean, and influence and, and a nice five o'clock shadow, even though he can't grow a full beard like a little Asian boy. So he tosses for courses, really. So, but will there be more Sydney Renaults? Yes, there will be. And it's going to go to the point where it's ridiculous now because as the Sydney Renaults, nothing stays – human beings are a progress machine. And the more spoiled we are, which is the first world, Australia, America, Canada, the West, whatever it is, the more that we fuck ourselves. We put on a huge strap on dildo and we, we put it back into our ass and sit on it. We fuck ourselves. We have to, bro. We have to. We're bored. My grandfather said it perfectly. Rich people sit at home and butter their assholes. That's what you've got. I said it on the Sushi Mango podcast. You grab a knob of butter and you put it in your crack and you lay around. And you go, what am I going to do? I'm going to grease mass today. Why? What else is there to do, bro? I've done the jet ski. I've gone to the gym. I've got enough money. No one really wants me to do anything. Where's the butter? Where's the butter? Get the butter, bro. You know, butter your ass. And and that's just what it is. And there's something that, that happens to... Now, look, okay, you got people like Richard Branson. You go, oh, my God, the guy's worth a billion dollars. And, and he's not buttering his asshole. Probably is, bro. Probably is buttering his asshole in between meetings. He's got a lot of stuff on. There's a lot of stuff on. So if you're that much of an influence, then of course, you know, going to get your lips pumped up is not going to affect you because then you've got to speak to 5,000 people in a keynote meeting and the whole world's listening. That, that's just, you know. But if you're just pumping your lips up so you can go and work at a beautician or that you can go and work at the Apple store or that you're working at a hairdresser down the road and you're, you're arguing with your husband as to why the AMG has been scratched all over the place and it's only two months old, then that's not going to bring you any happiness. And that's your regular run-of-the-mill family people, which is what we're going. So the more Sydney Renos, the faker, the, the further away from who we really are is going on. I don't know. Like if I ask you girls right now, you girls are all listening and going, why has he got a problem with Sydney Reno? It's, it's not that I have a an issue with the actual thing. I have an issue psychologically what it does to people. It's like men walking around now with pretend money, which is what they do, credit cards and wads of cash. They take their life savings out, $5,000, and he'll fold it up like he thinks he's a gangster. Not a gangster. You live in a share house in Camperdown, okay? But if you walk around like that, he's got a new tattoo, lives with his parents, he's walking around with cash, thinks he's a rapper. He calls himself uh, Dimitri the Dogman. And you're walking around, you're flaunting, uh, he's on drugs, he's PTSD, he's pretending to sell drugs, and he's doing all of this stuff. Girls, once you work out that the guy's got an issue with diving into an Olympic pool and he's afraid of heights and his mum controls his life, you're not going to like that. You're going to go, who is this the shell of a person that, I, that I've started dating or marrying? He's all pretend. This is a joke. Car's not even his. I mean, the money's not even his. The clothes aren't even his. It's all fake. You get it? The same with the girls, bro. Your lips aren't yours if it came out of your ass and they've been injected there. And you've got your, what's that ass job that they get now where they put a couple of volleyballs in your ass? I don't know what it's called. BBL, BDL. Whatever you're doing, it's not, it's not you. It's not real. You didn't work for that. So sometimes they get drug dealers to pay for it. So then the drug dealer can come over and bring his six mates to the hotel room. 
and then complain later. You write an autobiography about it, how you fucked your life up, but you're not listening to Vlad. Why? Because Vlad's telling you the truth, and you don't want to listen to that. Oh, you're judging me. Yes. I was being judged too, bro. That's why I didn't end up fucking going total catastrophe. So my father would peer at me with judgmental eyes. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's good to a certain degree. You can't be buttering your sandwich and the guy shakes his head. But, I mean, if he sees you going, you know, to walk off a cliff, fuck, dude, he should tighten the rope a little. Anyhow, um, do you think there'll be more? Yeah, the answer, the short answer is yes, there'll be more senior owners. And the next generation, uh, not the current one, uh, even the younger girls are getting into it now, but there will be a little movement. And it's predominantly wogs, but... The Aussies, sometimes I see a generation more hipster girls and like natural flowing hair. Their hair doesn't look like they came out of a fucking mechanic shop. Um, and they haven't got their lips pumped up, just normal. It's a bit of lip balm, dude. And she's walking around in hemp pants, listening to Jack Johnson, uh, never wearing shoes and going to the beach. She's like a naturalist. You know, she's not going to go and dump three grand cash. But even those girls, when they come to 30 and they start seeing the wrinkles again, then they still haven't got a boyfriend, they don't have kids, and they've still got to go out to Coogee Pav to try to pretend to like some guy so they can end up having a relationship. Then they start going to the Sydney Reno places, and they're like, it's time, man. It's time. Pump me up. Just pump me up. Questions for Vlad. Kicks Bear, <clears throat> what would you do? If your son grew up to be a dim chair, how would you deal with it? Dealing with a dim chair. Oh, excuse me. Uh, bro. First thing that comes to my mind is just give pack this guy with responsibility, you know? Heaps of heaps of responsibility. And um, don't make it easy for him. That's that that'll be it straight away. Just packing responsibility on him. Just say, let's just say he's 18 years old and um, he's hanging around with Dimchi off your Bocha Blago chair and he's getting influenced with the pack of morons, right? And it, not saying my mates Dimchi off are pack of morons, but let's just say for the name of, for the sake of names, for name's sake, let's just call him, you know, ABCD. And this guy, is, he's like, he's got himself some ideology now. He's an upcoming trap rapper, you know what I mean? And uh, he wants to be a trap rapper and he, he's going to call himself the Bulletproof Beagle and uh, he's out there just, you know, just dropping horrible lyrics over a beat. And I can see his eyes are, are rounder than a possum in Cronulla trying to climb up a tree at 10 p.m. at night time. So I know what he's on. I know what he's doing, right? And his miss, my missus knows what he's doing and all of that. But unfortunately, I can't put the guy in a headlock because he'll call the authorities on me. So... I mean, that's a good way to do it. What you want to do is allow everyone to do everything, Robbie House, and not be able to get any reprimanding whatsoever, any type of disciplining whatsoever. You know, leave it to the cops. So uh, I let this guy run wild for a while, and then he comes home one day, and me and the missus approach him, and we say, bro, it's 300 bucks a week to live here. And he goes, what are you talking about, bro? What are you talking about? And slams the door. I kick the door open off the hinges, all right, non-violent, just happened to come off the hinges because the screws weren't tightened for a while because he doesn't tend to his room. So if you're going to cut that, there was a non-violent push of the door with a foot. Why? Because my arms were carrying a cake for him. And why did it fly off the hinges? Ah, because I slipped on the rug underneath. Um, there was a little bit of droplets of orange juice, which I was also carrying for him because it looked like he was shy of vitamin C. All right, so it's come off, you know, because in the future you're going to cut this up and you're going to say, he was a violent dad, he's a violent dad. 
It's all you guys are doing because you're bored with your life and you have absolutely no direction. Not the gladiators, but people in the future, which is what they did to Kevin Hart. He goes, if my son turns gay or something, I'm going to smash some dollhouse over his head. And he had to apologize to the Golden Globes or to the ARIA Awards or whatever he does over there. I mean, he didn't want to apologize. He was basically saying, fuck you. That's how I feel, bro. But he has to because he still wants to make 100 mil a year. That's what he is. Kevin Hart's asshole is open for money. Whatever. Like mine would probably be too if I was in his situation. I'm not going to have a go at old KH, you know. The guy's five foot 540 kilos, 140 pounds. Well, whatever. Um, so I walk in there, you know, door flies off the hinges. He's trying to get rid of any paraphernalia in the cupboard. And I go, what are you doing, man? He goes, oh, nothing, man. What, what's a, what, what are you in my room for, bro? I go, listen, take a seat, man. Me and you, short mother, want to have a chat for a second. From now, it's 300 bucks a week. you got to do your washing over here. Um, the washing on the floor, your mother's never picking that up again. Um, and that car that I bought you as well, man, that's 50 bucks a week plus the fuel, you know. It's going to cost you about 100 bucks a week. So it's going to cost you about 400 bucks a week. We're going to need you to get a job. Yeah, but I'm studying. I'm studying in I'm, – I'm going to university to do a Bachelor of Arts. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just doing it to appease you and mum. That's okay. You work at, you know, Thai too. The Thai restaurant in Newtown as well, washing dishes and delivering pad ties and drop 400 bucks in the account a week. Nah, that's too hard. That's too hard. Yeah, it's all right. Well, you can move out too, bro. If you're such a hero, uh, you're allowed to move out as well. You know, so this is, this is one hard way of doing it. This would happen after four months. I'd be saying, dad, I'm noticing you're on the wrong path. Let me lean on you. Lean on me. Talk to me. What's up? Did a girl break your heart? Why are you influenced by a bunch of morons? I'd ask a bunch of questions. And then if if he's still rebellious and locked in his mind about everything, then I'm going to have to present thy reality to him, which is like you're going to have to start sweeping floors, brother, and start doing if you want. Oh, I'm going to do something else and do illegal activities? You know, Again, that's another thing that I'll tell the consequence. I'll be like, this is the consequence, bro. You right? So to be honest, uh, all of these things would freak me out, you know. I would go with a loving touch, but then at the same time, definitely responsibilities coming in his way. For maybe you don't you don't boot them, but they have to chip in. So you have to chip into the cleaning of the house. You'll have to chip into the washing of the cars. You'll have to chip into the paying of So my what my old man did at nineteen is old got me to purchase a house with my sister. And that was it. I had to work. Um, then he, uh, then I, I bought a car, so I had to pay for that. Um, I liked going out clubbing. I liked DJing. I had to work for that, pay for that. Um, so there was monthly, every month, whatever wage I got, so it's 2000 bucks a month, 1500 bucks would come out with expenses. So I'd have 500 bucks left for a month to live on. That was about how much it was, five to $700. It's not much. You can't walk around in Gucci shoes. There's no such thing as a Gucci shoe. Um, and he's he's not giving me any more either. So if you want to make the more, you got to earn the, the more, obviously. And you can't go out selling bags because you don't want to do 12 years in jail then, in Bathurst. You, you come out when you're 29 years old and cry. Don't, don't cry. You did it, all right? So he would just put that. that. And then a couple of years later, he's like, buy another property or do something else or save up for a Europe trip, whatever it was. So responsibility, responsibility, um, no matter how much money we have, like if me and my missus accumulate a small fortune, he doesn't have access to that. What? Just because we've made it, it's not yours, brother. 
you know what I mean, while we're here breathing and, and living, you got to get your shit together. Now, if he's a mad dog, like a legend, he's studying, he's in the uni, he's got his head screwed on, he's got a nice, beautiful girl, um, you know, he's working with me or, yeah, and this is what I'm thinking is going to happen, all of the good stuff. But if he somehow slides into catastrophes, then uh, the only way out is through hard work and, and discipline and responsibility. It's the only way out. Uh, you can't come out by, by giving this guy leeway, giving him money, giving him more rope. No. Nah. Yeah, so hopefully you guys can cut that up and, and cancel me, bro. Uh, with some good conservative values right there. I'd, I'd love that. Cancel me, bro. Questions for Vlan Ace Gothic. Uh, do you think Australia is a racist country? Ooh, big question there, guys. Bit of a round of applause. What a big question. Do I think Australia is a racist country? Oh, here comes the right-wing conservatives and the left-wing progressives. Uh, do I think it's a generally a racist country? <laughs> How about this, bro? How about... How's this for an answer? Every country is racist. Every country is racist. Every person... Um, general person, like he's saying generally, has um, preferences to people, right? And if you think you're not racist, you're probably racist. Um, you have been ju- prejudiced and judgmental. Uh, in Many people have in many ways, and it just takes enough resistance from a certain culture for you to Rear those teeth, you know. Um, they do it everywhere, you know. So, for when I was growing up in the nineties, people were shouting at the Chinese people for coming over in the area. They're taking over. They're taking over. The Chinese are taking over. Uh, they did. They took over because they are a strong culture that love the area, and they they're seventy percent in the area. Who cares? Like they've been fine. They've been awesome. They're not uh, loud, angry, disrespectful people. Fine, whatever. You know what I mean? I never really had a problem with racism with Asian people. They would say that we've been subject to racism, you know, but so have the wogs, bro. The wogs came to Australia. I've heard stories of wogs getting bashed up by Aussie people. I've heard of wogs bashing up Aussie people because the wogs also racist to the Aussies. The wogs look at me, who's this little Aussie, bro? The Aussies are like, who are these wogs, bro, the big noses? It happens all the time. It's a territorial thing. You think in Greece, if uh, if the whole of Afghanistan started to move over to Greece, that they wouldn't look at me and go, who are these Afghanistanis, bro? We're not happy with these guys. Oh, racist, bigger? Nah, bro. That's how it goes. That's life. That's men. That's fucking men for sure. And it's women too. I've heard many women, when when you get cut off by someone, they'll yell the ethnicity of the person in the car. They'll, they'll, they'll say the person. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get cancelled. But they'll say, fucking... Idiot, you know, it just it's part of culture, bro. It's been part of the way that you've been raised. And it's what happens when you've come from one country where it's all the same kind of people and then you put it into a multicultural country, racism comes up. They say America's racist. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Uh, Australia's racist. Yes, they all are. They all are. South Africa, it shouldn't be like that. Of course it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be cancer either. 
There shouldn't be people doing 120 k's in a 50 zone with children across the road. But it is. It is. So stop trying to be the hero and saying that it shouldn't be. You just don't be. That's it. You know, I have people on this Vlad program. Uh, thank God the Vladiators are fucking smarter people and they don't rip into this whole woke nonsense. But they will. Sometimes I did a video on Greeks, they go, and I'm racist. Because I did a, a video, it's an affectionate video on Greece. Or Lebos. The Lebos, they had a go. They were the most outspoken about it. You're racist. You're this, you're that. I thought you were better than this. Shut up, bro. What are you talking about? Racist. I told you a story of my mate. We were having a laugh at basketball about dribble the ball. Dribble means fight, like hit. And dribble means dribble the ball. So when his father said dribble the ball, he was saying dribble the ball. But he heard dribble the ball, so he kicked and punched it. That's a play on words, you moron. So don't have a go at me. You can see a little bit of flame came up then because I, I don't like people misreading bullshit like that, especially when I know myself my intention is not racism. My intention is laughter. Anyhow, but is it a racist country? I've had racism. Like I used to surf with Aussies, been called a wog. I wouldn't get waves. Um, but then again, if you nut it down, they, they, don't, they, don't like, they, don't, they didn't like the wogs back then. There was a full fight in Cronulla, bro. So what? Accept it. Understand it. I understand it. I never looked at these blokes and go, I just don't understand why they don't like me. I understood it. They were there first. Well, not first. Well, we know who was there first. But they were surfing the waves there first. And then Darth Wog descended down the hill, and they're like, who are these blokes? They're not us. They're not us. You know, and prior to the wogs, it was then territory. It's why is the manly person going to the Cronulla? Who the fuck are you guys? You're not allowed here. That's not racism. That's what? Areaism. Is that what it is? What are these people doing out here? The postcode wars. Please, bro. What do you mean postcode wars? You all got petrol stations and a Lowe's near your house. There's nothing to fight about. Oh, there's a chicken shop here for tradies and a Lowe's and a petrol station. A guy that sells vapes and we're arguing with the next suburb. No. What's that? Is that like classism, racism, postcodeism? What is that? It's just another reason that people are bored. They don't have shit on. That's why. Have a family, bro. You're not worried about your postcode then. You're worried about getting out of the postcodes that have morons walking around with knives. That's all you're worried about then. Clears up. All of these fun and games that these people online, all of these people online that are arguing don't have kids. They have nothing on. So they're angry. They're talking about racism, classism, this, that, this, that, but doing nothing about it. What are you going to do about it? Are you a person of influence? Teresa on Facebook? Racist, bigger, racist, bigger. You are that. You're that. You're just seeing yourself in the mirror and you can't hack it. That you you can't believe that you might be like that. It's true, bro. No one comes out of the womb racist, all right? It's built in through society and cultures. It's taught. It's taught. You see your uncle, you see your father, you see your mother, uh, you see your teacher. You you get called, you get racism put onto you by dumber people, by dumb people. Even by smart people, you get it put onto you. And then then you reflect that back. It's like getting bashed up as a kid. Then you can start bashing people up or you bash your kids up. It's You don't learn that lesson. and But stop thinking that it's just Australia that's a racist country. It's not. 
I go to the Cook Islands all the time. But if if Aussies took over the Cook Islands in the dark time, the Cook Islanders would also have some reservations about us. Not gonna. There's racism when it comes to people taking your shit, people abusing you, people um, taking advantage of you, people enslaving you. You're gonna not like it. You just walk down the street. If you if you see another culture just walk down the street and you go fucking this, then there's something wrong with you. There is something wrong with you. Um, but it's a reality, is what I'm trying to say. That racism is a reality. The question: Do you think Australia is a racist com- country? I honestly think all of every humankind has the ability to be more territorial and and like um, kind of defensive of their culture compared to others. Uh, that's just how it is. Like I put the uh, the Croatian video up the other day. Serbs were coming and putting their flag on there. Why are they doing that? That's racist. Why the same landmass? You share a border, bro. It's like Australia versus ACT. You're having a go at each other or Queensland. Why? That's not racism. No, it's the same, basically the same race. You're the same, but you're you're not, you know, like it's literally like New South Wales and Queensland. They speak slightly different. They've got different ideologies, different religions and all of that stuff, but they're right next door and they're brawling. And 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 same with the Masos and the Greeks. You know, everything is, is landlocked there, but there's vast differences. And you go to yourself, they're having a go at each other overseas. Overseas, that happens. Over here, it happens. In Argentina, it happens. Between soccer clubs, it happens. You can get firebombed at, a, at the wrong soccer club over there. It's another ism. But in the end, it's the fundamental thing that human beings aren't dealing with their own issues, inner issues. Problems, culture, it comes down to the person in the end. You're one less person firebombing. You're one less person being racism when you work on that yourself, when you have other responsibilities bigger than that, when you don't fall into the trap. Because the trap, these guys, the matrix or whatever they're saying, is they want you to to be distracted by all of this dumb shit. They're having a go at Andrew Tate. He's half black, but they're all talking about how he's the bad, bad guy. But on the other side, it's Black Lives Matter. And then they, they put Andrew Tate in a jail for who knows what he's doing, um, trafficking this, that, and the third. It's all hypocrisy. In the end, it's politics and games and boredom. Racism, bro, it is what it is. Australia was is less racist now than it was in the 70s, but it's still racist. And so is so are other countries. So is America. But when you ask little Wayne... He goes, I'm a rich black person in America. What are you talking about, racism? So that's a great point. He knows that there's racism, but it's not stopping him from doing anything. He knows that he has made $150 million by being himself, getting tattoos on his face and talking about pounding women in a caravan. He's doing that. He knows uh, there's only so much racism going to stop me. It's kind of a free world. But racism is racism. It's there. It's, as I said to you, it's like disease. Humans, we're flawed, bro. That's what it is. Deal with the fucking thing, bro. Don't let it slow you down. Don't let it put you down. Don't let it keep you down.